this is Intoxicated Literature. Welcome to Intoxicated Literature. I am Daniela Drake. And I'm Evelyn Crow. And we have been pre-gaming for about a, two hours, so... <laughs> we are exceptionally intoxicated literature tonight. Yes, it should be very interesting. Mm. <laughs> but I'm excited because tonight we are talking about Cushiel's Dart by Jacqueline Carey. Yes. Which is one of my favorite books. I think this is in one of my top five, easily. I agree. Yep. The first three in this series, I've read all of them, but the first three I reread at least once a year. Oh, 100. Yes. Because yeah. this, so I have one tattoo on my body and it's from this book. Yeah. So yeah. It's top five easily. I think it's hilarious that you went for Phaedra's tattoo because I really like Alcuin's tattoo. That makes sense to me in so many ways. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it later. Um, uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, before we really dive into it, spoilers, we will talk about the entire book. Yes. So if you have not read it, please push pause, read the book, and come back to us and with a drink in hand. Over 18, we will be talking about over 18 content. If you are not over yes. 18, go away. Also, we swear a lot. Yes, if that offends you, you should not be listening to this podcast. So Cushion Start by Jacqueline Carey was written 20 years ago? Oh, gosh. It is one of the formative fantasy books that yes. I read. And it is a epic fantasy. This is not a fantasy that you read and you think, spicy books, because it's not. This is an epic no. fantasy. Absolutely. It is an epic fantasy that has spicy elements in it, because Jacqueline Carey included a protagonist who is cursed by the gods to feel yes. pleasure and pain. That is her yes. deal. Blessed or cursed. I think she thinks it's a curse most of the time. Most of the time I would say so, but you know. Yeah. It, it depends. On, but yes. It depends on the situation. Yes. So there are a lot of themes of BDSM, mm -hmm. but like the healthy kind. Yes, there is a safe word. It is yes. done healthily. Consent is always... Yes. 100% important. Absolutely. Everybody is on board. Always. There is always yes. communication. Yeah. The overarching theme of this entire book, and they say it over and over again in this culture, is love, love as thou wilt. Love as thou wilt. I want to get tattooed right yes, on my collar. I want it everywhere <laughs> on my body. Everywhere <laughs> on my body. There are so many quotes in this book that I want tattooed somewhere on my body. <laughs> because it doesn't matter who you love. It's acceptable. Like, and it, it, it is encouraged. Yes. Yeah. So it is so important to the culture. And yes. there are times where the protagonist is a slave. Yes. A literal her, slave. Her nature, as she is cursed by a god, is to feel pleasure and pain. So she is a slave and she is forced to be a bed slave yes. to a person. And as such, she is feeling pleasure in the shame and the yes. humiliation yes. and all of this. And she is not enjoying it. No. She is feeling pleasure. And she hates it. She hates every moment of it. She does not it enjoy it. It makes her hate herself a little bit because because she can't not feel yes. it. She, she literally she, doesn't have a choice. Her culture very much does not approve of any relationship now, that is not consensual. I will say, it does happen. Because yes. humans are humans. So this world, this this book is set in a kind of alternate history where it's, it's France. France. Terre d'Ange! <laughs> the land of the angels! Yes, Terre d'Ange. So there will be a lot French. of, like, weird French accents. <laughs> we both have a history of French. We are, we are exceptionally drunk. drunk. And I, I cannot... I can't guarantee that it's going to be good French. No, we do speak some French, so, I'm so I apologize sorry. to any French... Or French-speaking listeners, we are doing our best. <laughs> but, but it is really interesting because it's this alternate history of Europe in general, yeah. really, because it, it encompasses a huge swath of yes. of Europe. Um, but it's set in Terre d'Ange, mm -hmm. where it's this kind of idea of this being that that came from Mother Earth and the blood and of Jesus, the tears of Mary Magdalene. Which yes. I love. 
I love that she was like an active participant. When he died, she cried and his, her tears mixed with his blood and the earth and thus sprang forth Blessed Alua. That's correct. She was necessary. So, Alua then traversed the world trying to find a place yes. to live. Because it doesn't fit anywhere. He doesn't fit in the heavens. He doesn't fit on earth. He just is kind of and there. Several angels went, well, he is a, you know, he's important. He's, he loves and he's cherished. Chose to join him. And they fell. Yeah. Yes. And so there were several of them. And you can, if you read the book, you will learn all about them. I feel like there were eight or nine. There's but... a bunch of them. <laughs> the yeah. important ones are Nama, who is yes. the one who... She lay with strangers in order to procure food yes. or lodging yes. to make sure that everybody survived. So, she, and so in this culture, sex work is holy. Yes. Which is one of my favorite things, it. honestly. I love it so much. Yeah. So there's Alua, and there's there's Nama, and there's Cassiel. Now Cassiel is the like antithesis of Nama. He's the one that he's that stuck most closely to the one god's teachings. Yes. So he's the one that still adheres to the celibacy and like that kind of aspect. Joe says the brotherhood. Yes. We don't know for sure. Yes. But the Cassiel Brotherhood is a brotherhood of men. There are no women who yep. swear to celibacy and they are used as bodyguards and they're, you know, very severe and very like, whoa, I will, you know. They're monks. Yeah, they're monks. They're, they're monks, but they are trained, they're priests, but they are trained in weapons from a very early age and they usually serve as bodyguards for the king and they are the opposite of Nama. so where Nama, where the the children who go into Nama's service and again it's grooming on both ends for both they start at age 10 10 and for both and again they're not starting sex work or cassiel necessarily at age 10 but that's where they start to learn about it Yes, they start to discuss it. They start to learn about it. All of yes. them. No one is doing sex work at age No. But they start to learn about it. And in Cassiel's case, they might start learning forms or whatever. I kind of want to learn because it sounds really cool. It does sound really cool. They use daggers. They just use, like, they have, like, their usual fighting style is two daggers and then they have these van braces on their wrists for defense. Yeah. And I'm like, I could learn that. <laughs> sounds awesome and the only time they draw their swords is to kill yeah so mostly it's just no. daggers all the time so most of the forms they learn are for the daggers yeah their yeah. whole purpose is to protect yep and that serve. is it that is it. that is it now that being said it is a very human thing the brotherhood we don't know for sure what cassie yeah Cassie was an angel we don't know what his purpose was serving Alua. We don't know what his he did here on Earth with Alua. We assume that he stayed celibate, that he protected Alua, and that he stayed true to the yes. one true God teachings, you know, whatever whole thing. Yeah. All right. So then we yes. have Phaedra. Phaedra is marked by Cushiel. Cushiel is one of the other angels. Cushiel is for punishment. He was God's punisher. Of people who needed punishing. But he loved the people that he punished. Yes. He did it out of love and caring. Yes. Yes. It wasn't out of, you know, malice. And it's important to dis- to have to distinguish between Phaedra, who is marked by Kushiel's dart, which is like a dot in her eye. It looks like a blood spot. And it's important to notice that her eyes are brown. Like a yes. deep brown. So a dot so, of red in her eye is very Stands noticeable. out. Yes, absolutely. And so she's marked as an anguisette, someone who receives pleasure from pain. And there are also the scions from Kushiel. His line, his direct descendants, who... Oh yeah, these angels came down from heaven and then yeah. just proceeded to have tons they of just, children. They just, uh, they got busy Except with everyone. Cassiel. Cassiel yes. had no children. There's no yes. direct line from Cassiel. 
Yes, which but, is how you kind of think that he celibate. But maybe because there's no one. Maybe he had sex with the Lewis. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. But this is important to distinguish. Yes, because the angels, and this is part of their culture. Their they and they do tend to be a little bit ethnocentric. They do. Because they're like, well, we're bred from angels, so we're so beautiful, and we're so smart, and we're so good, more and graceful. We're how smarter, could you? We're how better. could you possibly compete with a race of people who came from angels? It's a little so it's much. kind of a it's a problem. It it's a little much. <laughs> it is a problem. It's a little yeah. much, especially when they go into like other countries and they're like, well, they're so graceless and they don't have yes. like, their language is a little funky. And their looks are so rough and unfinished. And you're just like, <laughs> that's a problem for me. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And it's all told from Phaedra's perspective. Yeah, because she's a native so, of Tamalange, and you're just like, and she's been indoctrinated since she was a child. So of yes. course she thinks all of these things. Absolutely. Um, but Kushiel has scions, his direct descendants, who are punishers in a sense. Like they get pleasure from pain, but they get pleasure from inflicting pain. Yes. So there is this kind of duality in in this and and this is part of the plot this is an important part of the plot because he's like one of my scions kind of is out of control (laughs) and i need someone to maybe rein her in a little bit (laughs) so now you're here phaedra good luck (laughs) phaedra is i want to say pan almost i think she would be sexually attracted to Almost anyone. I think she, I think that is fair. She is definitely attracted to anyone of yes. any shape, any kind, I would anywhere. Say yeah. Um, if there were a term yeah. for that in two thousand, whenever when this was written, it would have been pan. That's what it would have um, been. I agree. In this case, I would say bye because this when it was written, there wasn't yes. a term for that. Melisande is fucking beautiful. She is the most stunning. Imagine. A beautiful woman. She and I'm not saying that pale skin is the like the epitome of beautiful. Beautiful. She no, but she absolutely is, not. Yes, it's unfortunate, but in this book there is there are a lot of white. A lot of white. But she yes. has pale skin. But she has yes. black hair and sapphire. Really blue super eyes, dark midnight but hair. It's her presence. Yes, that is the most important yes. part of this. She is so intelligent. And so funny, and just overall, this amazing package. It is her presence and her intelligence that makes her dangerous. Yes. And everyone reacts to it. Everyone notices it. Everyone acknowledges it. And Phaedra, the first time she sees her even, is like, who the fuck is this lady? Because hot damn. And that was when Melisandre oh was like God. 22 or something. Like she was so young. And yeah. Phaedra was what? Like 17 or like so ridiculously Both. young. But immediately Phaedra's like, this woman every is Every time Phaedra saw amazing. she almost every time she just, her brain shut off and she just yes. became, I don't know how many of you who are listening are actual submissives. <laughs> um, but she just went into immediate subspace. It was like immediately just her brain shut off. She went into immediate subspace and was like, this is my dominant and she is in control of me and I cannot function until she... And you have to remember, Melisandre is a direct descendant of Kushiel. So this is two... Opposing yes. forces essentially yes. meeting, and and poor Phaedra is like, I can't stand up to this. I don't know. Like I just want to yes. say yes and submit. She was completely at a loss here. She had almost yes. no defenses against Melisandre. And honestly, I fucking get it. She I get it. And powerful. Melisandre is like the best villain oh I think God. I have read. She's so ever. She is so smart. And you and she does have this weird way of making you go, no, I really just want to make you happy. Like I 
just want you to be happy. I would kneel before her. Right? I will do anything you want. Right? Like, listen, I'm not even bi, but I I don't know. I I don't even know if I'm bi. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I'm willing to try for you. I don't know. Like, she is just so complex and so interesting and so smart and beautiful and like all the of these things is, in one package she, everyone is playing checkers and she is playing chess yes she's That's playing 4d she's chess, playing chess. <laughs> yes she is above and beyond what everyone else is yes. doing she's got all the <laughs> levels of star trek chess and she's like up here and everyone else is on level one yeah and she's already on level exactly four, and she's a checkmate yes everyone is like wait yes She's 17 Absolutely. steps ahead. Smart. Always. So smart. Yes. And Absolutely. she's a political creature. So if Game of Thrones had been written before this, she would have been playing the Game of Thrones. A hundred percent. And she would have won. She's like Cersei if Cersei could get past her own her, yeah. like weird hangups. Cersei if she right? had, like she was Cersei if she had a soul. Because Melisandre yes. was not pure evil. No, this is the thing about Melisandre, and this is why I think she's the best villain, is because I'm not going to say she's not a sociopath. Does not, She chooses to protect, well, Phaedra and Jocelyn she when she sends them into slavery because she's afraid of the gods' wrath. Like, it's not that she is afraid to kill them. Like, she, if... If it was expedient to her, she would have yes. done it. Which is why I think she walks the line of being a sociopath. Because she's seeing people yes. as as players on a chessboard. More than just people. I do think that she does have some kind of feelings for Phaedra. I, I do think outside of her being chosen by I a... I think co- she would be sad if Phaedra died. I Exactly. I think it would affect yes. her, which is why I don't think she's a full yes. sociopath. But she has so many markings that I'm just like, you're so intellectual that you're almost beyond yes. what a normal person yes. is. And that's kind of what a sociopath yes. is. But for her, it's more about, like, she does, I think she does love Phaedra in her way. But she chooses to save her, not because she loves her, but because she's afraid. Because Phaedra is actually God-marked. Exactly. She has been chosen by Cushiel to do his work. In a way that that Melisandre has not as his sign. That being said, she sends Phaedra and Jocelyn. Oh, she expects them to die. She does not expect them to live. Yeah. Yeah. She sends them into Germany or, you know, whatever. With the expectation that they will not survive. Yeah. She fully expects them to die. She's like, they will go into Germany and be so shocked by the living conditions. They are pampered. They have never lived in slavery. They have no idea what's going to happen in this arena that they will just give up and die. Yep. She totally underestimates exactly. the strength of will that both Phaedra and Jocelyn have. Have. Not only that, yeah, she underestimates absolutely. the connection that Phaedra and Jocelyn both make with each other. I mean, this- when you're exiled and the only other person who understands your culture, your history, your backstory, whatever is with you, of course you're going to bond I mean, with them. So here's the thing. Cassiel and Amma are anathema to each other. They do not yeah. they do not go yeah. together. We have My favorite part is when when Jocelyn first joins the oh household and he is just like, uh, excuse me, what the fuck am I doing here? He, <laughs> and she doesn't like him either. She's like, this is a dried up stick of a Cassiel servant. Like what the fuck? Sixty year old Cassilin brother who is just yeah boring as fuck and then she looks yep. over and there is a handsome 20 year old castle and brother he is handsome y'all so handsome good looking and young the the cheekbones alone, alone like good looking yeah and he sees her as frivolous yep and just you know 
luxuriating in this, you know, yep. she's just going along, sleeping with everybody, and doing whatever the fuck she wants. She, he literally does not see her. He doesn't understand what yes. her household is for. Now, and that's part of what his upbringing was, yes, because, right? Again, Cassiel, the whole Cassiel Brotherhood teaches that that's what Namaz service is for. That they're all misguided. Yes, they're the misguided. But <laughs> Delaney, who is the uh, person who bought Phaedra's mark from the uh, night court. Now, the night court is problematic. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it the is. night court is a, like a collection of houses that caters to people. Of, it's a collection of houses of sex workers. Different tastes. Different tastes. Of every kind that you can imagine. So, like, there's one house that's, like, if you're feeling tortured, you would go there for healing. Or if you just need a laugh, you would go there. If you're looking for perfection. Like, there are all these just, like, super specific. Usually catering to people who have lots of wealth who can pay for it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Honestly, I find the idea of the night court intriguing. Yes. Until you remember the fact that they buy children. They buy children. <laughs> they purchase And start training them children. when they're 10 years yes. old. I have a problem with that. Yes. The whole idea of the night court is extremely problematic. Yes. Tra- Absolutely. It's, it's trafficking. It's human trafficking. Yes. And yes. they, even though they are human trafficking, yes. find that they feel themselves above what they consider. Again, this is not a personal opinion. What they consider common sex workers yes and again nama is a goddess who lay with people to feed alua yes this is supposed to be a common yes like, you know we are all together in this this is for us this is our religion yes but you know we are above this we are you know special what? there is there is a weird hierarchical idea that because we chose it or we, we, because there is a moment where Phaedra has to go to the, the temple and like pledge herself yes. to Nama. There is a consent and factor, but. There is, but there, <laughs> it's weird to me that, and I won't say that Phaedra thinks this because she doesn't. And like it's very clear in the second book, especially that okay, she but is I not. I the distinction between Alcuin and Phaedra. Okay. Because he also pledges. He does, which he shouldn't he have. He shouldn't have. But that's his choice. It is. That his... is also a consent issue is. because he did choose it. But not because he necessarily wanted to. No, absolutely not. And this is a Delane problem yes. more than a Nama problem. Yes. And Delaney also was like, okay, you should you should have come to me. And yeah. So and Phaedra's also like, you don't want this. What are you doing? But this is an overarching issue. Yes. Agreed. Because what here's the thing. They purchased children. Because Delaney yes. bought both of their marks. Yes. He bought both of their marks. And the mark is a tattoo that they yes. imprint on their backs. And when it is complete, you have completed your mark. You have completed your servitude. They're basically they're basically indentured yes. servants. And when the mark is complete, your servitude is and done, you, and you're now free you to do whatever you want. What yes. you want to do in your life? Yes. And Alcuin's like, I don't really want to do this, but I will yep. do this because you want me to do this. Because I. Love you. And that is not okay. No, and even Phaedra's like, this is not, not okay. the way this is supposed to work. Like, this is not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to go into this because you want to. Again, consent. Yes. Consent. You don't want to do this, and I'm not okay with it. But he does it, and she doesn't say anything because he begs her. Yes. To keep it quiet because he loves Delaney. Yeah. And so you have this mentor, mentee. Yes. Whole problematic thing. Oh, the whole thing where they're like 
competing with each other oh because she, because both of them want to have a piece of this hot mentor they've got. <laughs> and I'm just like, you guys. You are teenagers. All y'all need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> I know. You're horny and you need to stop. I mean, to be fair, Phaedra's got the added thing of having Kushiel's dart just like constantly, constantly. pricking Can her. Can you imagine being a teenager <laughs> and horny as fuck and then having Kushiel's yeah. on top of it? Exactly. Like, it's just awful. And she's learning in a classroom yes. by reading books about sex. Yes. And she's just like, this is not doing it for me, guys. <laughs> this is not okay. Not, and no one is like, no, you can't have anything yet. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. You are 16. 13. Sorry. Yeah, you are 13 years old. You need to calm the fuck down. Yeah, I'm 13. I'm old enough. She's like, no, you're not. No, you're Sorry. not. Yeah. But also, so yeah. also is like, but at the same time, you have the idea of indentured servitude. Yes. And even if he had been in one of the night court's houses. Yes. The idea that you were grooming a child. Yeah, it's problematic. sex at 16. Yeah. It's, it's gross. Yeah, it's a little gross. And it's, and like, it's weird because you're reading it. And you're just kind of going with it. Because, again, it's from Phaedra's it point is. of view. And she's totally okay with it. She's on board. She is fully indoctrinated. She does not see a problem she with this. She She's she's like, God, I'm only 10. Why can't I speed up time? And She like, is so fucking ready to have sex yeah. by the time she is 15. Yep. You would have been yep. like, I'm ready for this, too. What's, what's the fucking hold up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. But it is, as a reader, you're kind of going, oh, I know. I don't. I don't know about, about that. that. <laughs> so that aspect, so the as much as they spouse espouse that this is a perfect, you know, yes. culture, it's not. It's definitely and not. There's Absolutely definitely not. a hierarchy. And there's there definitely is. a you know, the sex workers on the street yes. do not have the same I don't know protections. Yes. Yes. And there are even those who buy marks from the night houses who treat those, you know, marks as shitty. Yeah. They are completely shitty to those. And they are awful to them. There are, there, I would say, even numbers yes. of men and women. And the people who buy those marks are not, I would, they're not regulated as well as they could no. have been. There are contracts and unions i would say and unions i would say I and there unions. are like fines that you have to pay but you think about like phaedra's costumer yes who had a contract with someone who disfigured her disfigured her so she could not make money to and now her. she can only make money and she is a genius when it comes to costumes yes. and, and wardrobes and whatever but Literally, she's disfigured so much that her house is like, we can't send you out on any more assignations. Like, you, you're damaged. And it's really problematic. I mean, there are, and this is within the society yes. that is supposed to value consent and yes. value these people specifically because they have pledged themselves yes. to Dama and there are supposed to be protections. And they, and yet. That's the thing is that every house in this night court is like, you have to be. One of them, like the Sirius house, is like, you have to be perfection. So yes. what happens if you're not perfect? What happens if you all of a sudden develop an imperfection? Yep. As which happened with Fedra. She had a dot yep. of red, one dot of red in her eye, and she was not perfect. So what happens yes. if you fall and a bone doesn't heal right and you have a limp? Or you have... They sell you. It's so wrong. It is really wrong. So I just, you know, it's not perfect, and I just want to make sure people who read this going in, yes, no, understand. So we understand like, it is yes, not we perfect. You have to understand. We were twenty, 20. <laughs> when we first read this book, yes. <laughs> and at the time, yes, there were it was so very different. Few books, yes, that were at all open-minded interesting about or open-minded yes or absolutely homosexuality of any I mean kind. listen this was the first time that I read anything that was 
even remotely positive about BDSM. Yeah. And that's not really my thing. That's not like my whatever. Like I that's not my kink. I don't know. But it wasn't like yeah. it wasn't something that I sought out. And then I read this book and I was like, "Oh. So this is the thing yeah. that could be acceptable. This is a thing that people do." Like it it, it really just kind of gave me permission. So yes, there are definitely problems. But overarching the story the world building is so good the world building is so rich and so good and it does it is a little bit slow in the beginning just like any epic fantasy because you have to like figure out all these names all the all the names of the freaking angels like you're just like who the fuck is this (laughs) and so it takes a while to get into it and and plus you're you're following phaedra who is a child so you're watching her grow up and it's like oh my god and it takes the first decade of her life before she really starts to live before she goes to live with Delaney before she really starts to be a person so it takes the first third of the book to really get going and then shit hits the fan buys her mark from the house in the night court Yes. Because she could have just grown up to just be a sex worker. And she could have just lived her life in comfort. Yep. Earning her marks steadily. Yep. And just have been essentially just a sex worker. She just could have just nine to five it. And she would have been content, I would she say. She would have. She would have yeah. gone to the, you know, what was the what was the night court equivalent of? Oh, it was Valerian submission. House. Valerian House. Mandrake was, House was the one that was like so the people Mandrake doing. Mandrake House was yeah. dominance. Yes. Valerian House was submissive. Yes. She would have gone to Valerian House and probably been pretty happy. Yep. She would have made bank. She would have absolutely made bank. Yep. So, you know, she would have been okay. But Delaney, but he was a, he's essentially a spy. So he taught, he taught his little courtesans how to spy. Which is not what Namah's servants are supposed to do. No. So it's kind of yes, so it's 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 odd for this culture. But but still nobles nobles weren't surprised by it. No. Because again, politics. Game of Thrones kind of shit. Exactly. Exactly. So he's teaching Phaedra and Alcuin how to read people how to pick up on things, how to eavesdrop, like all of these little tricks. Phaedra knew languages that no yep. one else knew. She knew how to like listen and count how many people were around her. She yes. had observational skills that no one else knew. She knew how to like she knew how to juggle. She knew how I mean she knew things that people were like, wait, how did you yeah. do that? But she also inherently, because of her nature this is actually something I wanted to talk about because I think it's fascinating. Because of her nature as an anguisette, part of the quote unquote fun yes. is the defiance and yes. how far you can push someone. Yes, the bratting. The bratting, yes, absolutely. And and she uses that to her advantage when it comes to um getting information from people. Yep. So like the first time that she really gets a good piece of information. She doesn't think that her patron is going to do something really kind of horrible. She's like, oh, he's not going to do that. He has a hot poker. A brand, essentially. A hot poker. And she's like, no, he's not going to put that on me. And he does. And then he does. And he's so guilt-ridden about it. He says something that he's not supposed to say. And she hears it. Because she is who she is. Yep. If she had been anybody else, she would have been unconscious. Absolutely. But because she is who she is, she heard every word. Yep. And she uses that with everybody that she's trying to get information from. She's like, I know when to push. I know when to not. Like, she uses this kind of aspect of herself to know yes. when it's appropriate to do these things. Yes. And she does it very well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, she she, uses, she always knows. And when Jocelyn comes into the picture, I mean, part of being an anguisette is also finding joy and pain. So yes. there are times where 
Phaedra subconsciously, I don't think she does it on purpose, but subconsciously pokes at him or, or like needles him in a way that pushes him away. And then she feels pain and gets pleasure from it. Oh yes. Cause pain is not just physical. Like it is such a huge part of her character. And like, it does come through sometimes in this book, even with like, let's talk about like Delaney and Alcuin's relationship, right? Like eventually they hook up and it's Alcuin who kind of chases Delaney. And Phaedra's the one who told Delaney about Alcuin's feelings. Exactly. And, and she, and, and I think that is part of this aspect of her her character where yes. she gets pleasure from pain so she's seeing them together and, and she's like oh her. it hurts so good <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly because she she doesn't really want delanae no she kind of does exactly yeah. but it but she feels the anguish of knowing that yes. that ultimately he chose and the pain of knowing Alcuin. that he's now telling elsa in secrets right that he's not telling her exactly the yes. whole thing and and that is and that that is part of her character and it's very yeah. believable it's very realistic and i love the way that carrie kind of puts that in there because it just makes yeah. sense or that she like leaves the house to yep. get in trouble yep She's yep like, i'm going to sneak out yep and delaney is like i will completely break your contract and sell you and I'm- this is one of those times where she's sitting there going oh shit he's serious serious like if i do this again he's done with me fucking serious and she goes okay (laughs) we're not we're not playing around then i'm not gonna do that again yeah 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 (laughs) she she's like i'm reading you i understand that you don't like the bratty side so we're not doing that (laughs) no so she is basically every submissive ever to live ever yes yep in one package. Yep. So if you are in the community, <laughs> yes. and you are a submissive, you are yes. Fedra. Yes. Absolutely. You are into pain. You are into dominance. You are into submissive. You are into humiliation. You are into pain. Yep. You are into bratting. You are into everything. I am not joking. Yeah. Because Kushal does not discriminate. Absolutely not. The yeah. emotional pain is just as key as the physical. Yep. Yep. And it's not always wanted. No. And that's that is just as key. Yes. And she actually goes to the temple of Kushal at one point after she had come back from the slavery because she hates it so much because it was not wanted. Yeah. It was slavery. And yeah. they come back. And Jocelyn, who is a priest, was like, no, you are, you are rebelling against part of you. Yeah, part you're rebelling you, a bit against who you are. Kushal, Kushal's dirt makes you this way. Yeah. And you are hating it. Yeah. You need to go to... And be cleansed. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And they whip the shit out of her. <laughs> and it's, it it's intense. Really cleansing. It's intense. But she feels better. After it, she feels absolved. She feels relief. And they talk to her. They're like, listen, you had no choice. This was not something you chose. This was done to you. You can't help who you are. You need to reconcile that. And she feels better after she leaves. Yeah, that was intense. That was intense. So there is a so we 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 do also need to talk about the hierarchy in that because they are such an anthrocentric ethnocentric. Well, that's hard to say when I'm sober. It's so much harder when I'm drunk. The ethnocentricity of this culture. There is also um a couple of other cultures that are present in this country. Um the Sagani who are basically representative of the Romani culture and the Yeshua or the Yeshuaites who are basically very, very, very early Christians. So the Yeshuaites are actually very closely tied to the Cassiel Brotherhood. Yes, absolutely. And they actually, a lot of the aspects of their religion are very uh, Hebrew. Yes. 
and because it, it would be. be. So I guess yeah. the premise is that it was so far back that the Jesuits have not completely separated from Jewish religion yet. Yes. So they believe yeah. that Jesus is their Messiah, but yes. they are still celebrating certain Jewish holidays and they still yes. speak. Yes. And their culture is still Hebrew. very inherently yes. Jewish. Yes. Which is really cool. The way that she um, encapsulates kind of that transition yes. was really, really cool, yes. I thought. Yeah. And Cassiel being so severe. Yes, and as sticking to the whole, you know, one God thing is very, it would make sense that they would be like, oh, the Yesuites, they were, are they like yeah. us? Yeah, that they would understand each yes. other and be able to connect yes. in a way that maybe, you know, even even within the culture of yes. Terre d'Ange, they, they yes. maybe not, not might However, not. However, yeah. the yes. culture of Terre d'Ange looks down on both of these cultures. Absolutely. They're not, and they're and, not descended from angels. How can they be special? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it is unfortunate. I mean, like, with the Singani, who's who's representative of the Romani culture, I mean, there is a little bit. I will say that, that Jekyll and Carrie does make an effort to have, there's a whole section of her book where they're in one of the Singani yes. camps. And she's showing that they're just people like anybody else. Yes. And they're just trying to make their way through whatever. And, like, I appreciate that very much. But there is, it's a little bit problematic. I mean, because she's also not part of that she's culture. She's not part of the culture. She's writing from the point of, you know, she's not writing from the point of view of that culture. But she is writing no. to that culture. Yes. And it is a, it is very definitely coded Romani. Yes. Yes, and it's just it's just worth pointing out that obviously she's not part of that culture, and so going in, I knowing don't know that yeah. it is definitely coded Romani. Yes, so you know, content yeah. warning that. Yes. So we have so they go to slavery. Yes, and Jocelyn slowly during this time of slavery. So it takes slavery. <laughs> For Jocelyn to slowly break every single one of his vows. Yeah. And he is a serious vow person. Jocelyn oh my gosh. is not silly. No. Jocelyn is very serious. Very. He's a serious person. He breaks every serious vow. Except one. And that yes. is protect and serve. Yep. He will protect Phaedrus no matter what. That I did love I did love all the exchanges with her with Phaedra and Jocelyn because he thinks in the beginning that she betrayed him. Yes. So he like refuses to talk to her, he refuses to eat. Because he she refuses can all these things. Galdi or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she's, and she's sitting there going, my dude, we're the only two out here, like, you're the only other one that gets me, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) But I love it, because it's one of the few times that you really see Phaedra, who's just, like, at her wit's end, going, what the fuck are you doing? She never yells, she never really gets mad, and then every once in a while, you just see her go, Jesus Christ, Jocelyn. What the fuck? frustrated with him yeah but like by the end you are so rooting for him you are like you just want him to succeed you do and be happy you do yeah because they do they do go through it they go through it oh my god i don't think i will ever get out of my head the image of jocelyn when Phaedra starts stacking barrels and then goes up onto these beams and is like, I gotta go listen to these guys. And he's like, are you crazy? I feel and like so much of their relationship is her being like, no, I have to do this thing. And him going, what the fuck? And then, and then they have, you know, 
specks yep. in a cave. But it's okay because it's where all the angels stayed when they were roaming, so it doesn't count. It doesn't That's count. what Jocelyn tells himself. <laughs> and Jocelyn is, you know, apparently, when you're born of Terra Dallas, you're just You just know. You just know. I do I do think it's hilarious that they keep referring to the clitoris as the what do they call it? The bud, the bud. of Namah. <laughs> Which I think is so amazing. The bud of Namah. <laughs> oh it makes me this giggle. This is the best part though. Yeah. Birth control. In Terra Yes. On. The gift of oh is her name Aishas or whatever? Yes, her name yes. Is. So when you don't want kids, you just don't have kids. Yeah. Until you go to a temple. Yeah. And you make a prayer and light a candle. And that's when. And then your womb yeah, opens. That's when you become fertile. But this is why you can have a, an entire culture of people who are literally having sex as, as their religion. Now, we had talked a lot about the beginning and like the setting up. Yes. We have not talked about the the straights. <laughs> it's indeed. That is weird as fuck. It is so strange. Because in order to settle all of this, we have to get more men. Because we are invading. The like the Vikings are invading. The Germanic tribes. Whoever yes, okay. the Scaldi I know, but whoever the Scaldi are, I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be Germanic. Okay, but they're Because Vikings. they're across the border. From okay, quote Vikings. unquote France, <laughs> they are. <laughs> yes, but in this, but in this alternate history, they are called the Scaldi. But there's a prophecy. Always, there's always, always a, prophecy. a prophecy because this is how fantasy works. Yep, <laughs> I love fucking fantasy. I know. <laughs> so. Again, because it's a Christian-esque culture. Across the sea, we have Alba, which is England. Alba, Alba is Scotland. Scotland. Yes. We don't really see England. We see Ireland and Scotland. Yeah. No, the princess is like, you need to figure out a way. Yeah, she goes, what the hell are you thinking sending me on a diplomatic mission? But she goes... Because her princess has commanded her. She does. And so she does what her training has taught her. Yep. And she sleeps with everyone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it works. And it solves all the problems. And it works. And it solves all the problems. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it too because they lampshade it like characters are literally going you can't solve all the problems in the world with sex and she's like well it's worked so far so I don't know it seems to be working but she also acquires like a bunch of chevaliers who are basically knights Phaedra's boys are my favorite. Yes, because ba- they're like basically pledged to her now. And they're like, no, you need to knight us. And she goes, I don't think I have that power. And they're like, no, you and do. And Jocelyn's like, no, you do. <laughs> You're the queen's emissary, so you get to do this. And she's like, ah, I don't no, want like, I to. Do? I can? <laughs> okay. And they have a whole song. Like, the whole thing oh, is so funny. Yes. Is a national hero at the end of this. Almost. I mean, he goes through phases. Like, through the book, like, at first he's a hero, then he's not, then he is again. <laughs> so, it is complicated for Isidore. Because it is. He goes, yes. He is, he is a traitor to the crown. Because he is inviting yes. a foreign force into the, like, come invade our, for, you know, our villages. Come. But why? But then he finds out. But why? Yeah. It's because he was fostered with the Sharazai, who is Melisandre's clan. And he, so he learned most, like, the whole thing in this world is that the the scions of Kamel think with their swords. 
They're not seen as intellectual. They're not seen as very smart. But he fostered with the Sharazai who are, right? So he has this education from Melisande's people in politics and probably from Melisande herself, who's like, we can make you king. Just do what I say and I'm going to take care of the rest. And he believed her because why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? It's important to note that even in this society that is so open-minded, misogyny is not something that is unheard of. Correct. And a woman is more trustworthy than a man. Why would a woman lie to you? Yes. Right. A woman Absolutely. Would never betray you. A woman is not going to like have their sights set above you. A woman is not playing the no, Game of Thrones. Not. And Melisandre knows this, and she Absolutely. uses it. She fucking uses yeah. the fucking patriarchy to her advantage. And this is what Absolutely. makes one of the best villains ever written. Yep. I will... Yep. This was Delaney's downfall. This was Isidore's Absolutely. downfall. This was Baudouin's downfall. All of the men that fell, fell I because of Melisandre. Until the day I die, she is one of the best villains ever written. Because Ever. men continually underestimated her and, and disregarded, disregarded her. her to their detriment. I mean, she... She played him like a fiddle. Yep. Voldemort Selig, she played what? like a fiddle. All, All of them. Of them. And she's just back there moving their chess pieces. If I read it today, I don't think it would be so problematic that it would make me go I can't read it I agree I don't think that I would DNF I do not think so and I still recommend it to people with the yeah here are the consequences yeah you have yeah you have to have the caveat of listen there there are some issues I just want you to be aware of yeah okay so next time we're gonna be talking about Morning Glory Milking Farm by yes. C.M. Niskoska? Nemkoska? One of my favorite books ever. Nikosta! <laughs> yes. Thank you. I have, I've had too much to drink. Um, so, yeah. So, join us next week. This has been Intoxicated Literature. I am Daniela Drake. And I'm Evelyn Brown. And we hope to see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Intoxicated Literature. Drink well, friends.